0: Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole again. In this episode, I wanted to talk to you about money you may be leaving on the table. Maybe you're the exception, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs and sales professionals are guilty of this, me included. So let's get started. Do you have a small B2B business? Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B small business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine to five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Okay, everyone, I hope you're having an awesome day. In the last episode, we talked about how important it is to hire the right people and some ideas on how to do it. In this episode, I wanted to talk about how we as entrepreneurs and salespeople treat the leads in our business. First of all, let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a situation where a salesperson is handed a stack of leads or, you know, of course, I mean, via email or CRM or whatever, but let's just say it's 10 leads that someone else generated either by cold calling, online, direct inquiries, whatever. Um, you know, they took over the, the 10 leads and immediately... Uh, make a judgment based upon the info provided with the lead, you know, how valuable it is. I mean, that makes sense, right? Go for the lowest hanging fruit. Um, so, you know, maybe they've identified two out of the 10 they think look solid and look like they're at the stage of being able to close them now. Then the salesperson looks at another two or three and says, hmm, maybe I'll call them, maybe not. Um, there could be potential there, uh, which translation means they won't call them. And then the remaining four or five get put into the mental trash can. Uh, they think these leads are garbage and a waste of time. And actually, I think this is probably an optimistic look at any stack of leads, uh, at least on any particular day. It's much more likely that the majority of leads, if not all of them, will fall into the last category of uh, being, you know, quote, garbage in the salesperson's mind. So they won't bother to follow up with the lead. You know, the next thing that usually happens is the salesperson goes to their boss, if they have one, and complains that the leads are crap and asks for new ones. If it's just the entrepreneur doing the selling, you know, they're likely to dump the leads all together and just try to generate more leads to work on. I've seen this over and over for years, even with my own business partner. When we first started our company uh, over 20 years ago, he owned a high-end painting company as well that did a lot of work for celebrities, uh, sports stars, and and that sort of thing. Like most businesses, though, he still needed business other than the referrals. Uh, so we decided to use our new company, Sales Double, to co call general contractors for his company with a intent of finding high-end home contractors you know who would need a paint company like his you know although it was over 20 years ago I still remember the outcome as it was such a lesson to me about what most of our clients would face uh, in the years coming you know after the initial calls which you know weren't a, a very many actually we had generated 17 leads with uh, some level of interest I was extremely excited as this it was the beginning of the stages of our company where I was still trying to convince myself if this worked or not Anyway, uh, Kelly, my business partner took the leads to work them, uh, since that was kind of his industry and his company. And about a week later, I think it was, uh, we got back together and, you know, I was all excited and anticipating he was going to give me, you know, great report, how many appointments he'd set up with contractors and all that. Well, basically he told me in so many words that, you know, these leads suck and maybe this whole outsource cold calling thing wouldn't work, at least not for his industry. I was flabbergasted. At first I didn't know what to do, but then I really wanted to find out where the disconnect was. Uh, so he kind of placated me and I interviewed him about each of the leads went one by one through all of them. You know, I started the list and soon found out that out of the 17, he only called even five of the leads. I couldn't believe it. He literally prejudged and dumped to almost two thirds of the leads without any contact at all. Those ones he dumped uh, because he considered them more send info introductory type of leads. Um, to make matters worse with the uh, five he did call, he reported that I think it was about three or so that were interested, but wanted to follow up in a couple of months as they were busy or whatever the situation was. Of uh, the couple of remaining leads, uh, he finally admitted that yes, he, those had potential and he actually booked meetings with, I think, two of them. Uh, you know, he sheepishly admitted that it, it wasn't uh, a fair test of these leads and, the good news is that uh, he was open to it and we went back and started calling all the leads and doing the follow-up. And in the end, he ended up getting a lot of new jobs for several years from that batch of leads. You know, this is not a ding on Kelly as, you know, I've done the same thing, particularly when I was selling commercial real estate in my 20s, I would only focus on prospects that I thought I could do a deal with right away with no long-term focus. You know, the point of this story is that even one of the co-founders of Sales Double. A company that's cold called, you know, over 30 million uh, prospects and generated millions of leads. Even he fell into this trap of prejudging leads. So from my experience in dealing with our clients and other business owners over the years, you know, I think too many entrepreneurs and salespeople leave money on the table by discarding a prospect because they aren't ready to buy right now. You know, we even joke about this internally as a company. Uh, Years ago, we had a client, a super nice guy, and I, I can't remember where he was from exactly, but I think it was somewhere in the Northeast and he had a real heavy accent and You know, he called us up, uh, you know, after I think a month of of calling and said something like, you know, these leads, does me no goods, you know, complaining that he hadn't closed a deal after using us to cold call for a month. You know, keep in mind that he was a business broker who would make a minimum of five figures for any deal he got. So now when everybody, you know, anyone sees this kind of uh, thought process, we kind of joke and chuckle to ourselves and say, yeah, that client's uh, leads does him no good. I'm not telling you this to make fun of anyone. As I've said, I've personally prejudged leads to my own detriment, but I think it's important enough to remind everyone that it's easy to fall into that trap. You know, if you're managing leads yourself, you have to watch out for this. And if you have a sales team that's handling the leads for you, you definitely want to educate them and keep a constant eye and spot check for things to make sure they don't fall into this trap. Well, Some of you may be thinking, well, you know, I've got plenty of, you know, hot leads. I can afford to focus only on the the lay down sales. And this may be true, and you know I think all of us know to focus on the low-hanging fruit first as a priority. But you know, in today's automation, there really isn't a good reason to not to put systems in place to work those weaker, seemingly less interested parties. You know, um, 30 years ago, if you're cold calling, you might have a prospects on a physical three by five card and use a tickler file. If you're old enough to remember uh, and know what that means, you know, we had legitimate reasons not to follow up on every possible lead. Today, with email automation and CRM systems and all kinds of stuff, there really isn't an excuse. Um, you know, for more on that topic, I did a whole episode on this concept a while back. Uh, I think it was called The Key to All Prospecting, so I'd recommend you check that out as well. Uh, you also may be thinking, well, you know, that's great in theory, but I'm not sure i buy into the concept that a long-term follow-up on seemingly uninterested or at least weakly interested uh, leads, you know, is worth the time. I would point out two facts. Uh, first of all, think about yourself and how you interact with vendors trying to sell you something. The first time someone contacts you either on the phone, in person, email or whatever, it, you know, if you think to yourself, wow, this is a great product. I, I'm really very interested in this. Do you tell the salesperson in front of you? Yes, I'm super interested. It's your lucky day. Close me on this product. Uh, well, maybe you do, but I know I never let on my interest up front. So even if I'm 90% sold on a product or service before the salesperson even opens their mouth, I'm Still going to play hard to get. So either I can get a better deal or just, you know, for my own ego and not feeling like I was a lay down sale. Um, you know, so think about it though. Um, what does it look like from the sales uh, person's perspective? They see a decision maker with very mild interest. If they prejudge me as a lead and don't bother to keep following up, guess what? They're not going to get the sale. Either I'm going to call a competitor or even if I'm convinced that I need that company's product and there's, no other choice, Uh, I'm going to call the company directly and find a different salesperson who actually wants to sell me. I know not everyone's like this, but my guess is that a lot of you are and a lot of our uh, prospects are. Given this, you know, why would we prejudge a lead we're working just because on the surface it's weak, you know, a send info type of lead? Uh, Okay, so you're still not convinced. Uh, You know, I'm a numbers guy and believe that numbers don't lie. Uh, Well, we've actually done internal studies at our company on client campaigns over time. It's been a couple of years, but I remember we did a case study with a business broker client of ours. We took several years of his data, grouped all his leads together in categories of in-person appointments or you know, hot leads, that sort of thing. Slightly less interested leads that were phone appointments or phone calls, and then types of leads that, you know, what we call send info leads, when a prospect told the caller something like, you know, sure, send me something, I'll call if I'm interested. Basically, what a lot of people would, wouldn't even consider a lead or at best, you know, just a crap lead. Well, we uh, divided these up and we took the deals that the broker had closed you know, from those leads, and we were astounded to find out that it was almost a one-third split, meaning a third of his deals came from in-person appointments or, quote, hot leads, a third came from weaker phone appointments, and a third came from the so-called info or garbage leads, as most people call them. Now, granted, those numbers weren't the same in all clients we've done this for, as it was almost exactly 33% in each category, plus or minus a few percentage points, but Once in a while, the math does surprise you. It's like going into the store and buying something and it comes out to even dollars or whatever. Um, You know, other clients we've done this for have similar ratios, although it might have been 40, 40, 20 or something like that. But uh, the point is, you know, if you're only working our, quote, hot leads and we're leaving anywhere between 10 and 30 percent of the sales on the table, leads that could have been closed had we instituted a low effort automated follow up system. Uh, can really make a difference. I mean, I don't know about you, but it seems to me if you've made 100K and you could have made 20 or 40K more with a little automation and effort, I'd do with that all day, every day. So to bring this full circle, I think the topic is particularly important in B2B, especially in high ticket or even high volume, you know, small uh, group of customers, uh, that sort of thing, which is pretty common in B2B. You know, in our realm, we generally don't have a market size of tens of millions of potential customers like some in uh, B2C have. And Each good lead that could possibly turn into something really can't be wasted. So takeaways from this episode, number one, don't prejudge leads you generate or generated for you. If you have a sales team, make sure they don't fall into this trap as it's easy to blame the leads instead of blaming themselves. Two, any type of lead can become a sale. Is an in-person appointment usually hotter than a send info? Sure, maybe in the short term, but over time, a quote, crap lead can be just as valuable as a lead that appears strong up front. And number three, the only way to actually treat all leads as valuable uh, is to have some sort of automation in place to follow up on seemingly less urgent leads by letting the buyers identify themselves over a period of time with good follow-up mechanisms. I hope this helped, but I know some will disagree with the concept and that's fine, but I found over and over again with our own company and with clients, this philosophy works and it's definitely worth your time to implement. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. I've also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years uh, in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.